Great to be with you today. Trust things are well with you. I'm going to read a portion from Paul's letter to church at Corinth and just share a few thoughts around it. It's his second letter. I'm reading from New Living Translation. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. I'm writing to God's church in Corinth and to all his holy people throughout Greece. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. For the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will share us with his comfort through Christ. Even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. We are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives us. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God, who raises the dead. And he did rescue us from mortal danger, and he will rescue us again. We have placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. We read this passage as part of our readings on Friday, just past. The background to his letter is that the church in Corinth had constant battles and struggles and though empowered and renewed by the Holy Spirit they were still struggling against the immoral influences of the culture around them. Does that sound familiar to you? It's because things haven't changed in 2,000 years. It just takes a different form. But Paul is writing to encourage them as well as instruct them and correct them as he did in his letters. But at the beginning of this letter, his second letter to the Corinthians, he mentions or refers to God as Father. And just some thoughts around Father God in this Father's Day 2021. Dads, I trust you're being honoured and celebrated and well looked after today. I know it's hard being a dad, much harder than being a mum. Don't shout at me. It is a joy to be a father, to be a dad, and I trust that you've been appreciated today. But we see here in this letter, Paul writes and he tells us that Father God, and when he connects us, if you have, been, have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal saviour, you're part of the family, you're accepted into the family of God, and God becomes your father. Just like we sang, our father who art in heaven. However, you're not the one and only in the family. You're not God's only child. And though you are unique 
and fearfully and wonderfully made, as Psalm 139.14 tells us, we have to realize that so is everyone else in the family. You're not the only favorite of Father God. God loves everyone in his family just the same. I know it's difficult to believe that God loves other people as much as he loves you because you're so much easier to love than the rest in the family of God. But it's the truth that God loves everyone the same. And even though you and I love some people more than others in the family, God loves everyone equally. Your family has probably just been the same as mine. But I remember, particularly when my children were younger, they used to have debates, even in my presence, about who was dad's favorite. And the reality is that the conversation usually centered around about how both of them had been unfairly or badly treated and who had been most badly treated. It wasn't all the good things, it was who had been treated the worst out the two. And I could have taken that badly and thought, whoa, what a bad dad I have been and must be. But reality is, in the discussion, it got to the point where both of them thought that they'd both been, that they'd been treated the worst. So I just began to think, they both think they've been treated equally badly. I must have been doing something right. That's the way I took it anyway. Father God loves us all equally. To be able to call him our father is a privilege and a joy. But it's also a tremendous responsibility to call God our father. Because it means that we have to care for, look out for, support and encourage everyone else in the family who calls him father. And just like an earthly father gives pain to see his children going through stuff or falling out with one another, so it does our heavenly father. And if you went through the prayer course in your life group recently, you'll have learned that Jesus' prayer in John 17 still has not been answered when he says, Father, make them one. Father God hurts when his people don't get on. Now, we have had unity as one of our culture values in the church, or the word unity is a culture value, not just because it sounds catchy, but two important principles. First of all, in Psalm 133, we hear that when God's people dwell in unity, he commands blessing, but also because it pleases the Father's heart. And we need to live to please the Father's heart. Just like every child should or endeavors to please Father, our heart should be to please Father God. Father God connects, but Father God also comforts. Paul writes, may God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I'm so glad that God is a Father of grace, that I'm saved by his grace. Ephesians 2 says, by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not ourselves, it's a gift of God. It's undeserved favor that God has given us. And Father God is a God of grace, a grace which saves, a grace which empowers, a grace which equips. And no matter how bad it gets for me, his sin, my sin or my mistakes, his grace really goes beyond. It's amazing grace. But also he's not just a father of grace, he's a father of peace. My father brings peace into the storms of my life. I don't know about you, but there's times when I, there's just a, a storm in my life and I just sense his voice speaking to me and it fills 
my heart. It gives me a peace that surpasses any human understanding in my life. A word that said, it's okay, son. I've got this. You're going to come through it. Okay. David knew that type of peace from his father God when he wrote Psalm 26. And he says, you will keep him in perfect peace. Those who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed in you. God is a God who is a father of grace. He's a father of peace. And he's a father of mercy. I'm so glad that my God is a merciful father. That his mercy triumphs over his judgment as we read James 2 about mercy and judgment. And there are times I come to my heavenly father and I say I've messed up, I've blown it. And I come with a heavy heart and say I've messed up, messed up, I deserve to be punished. And all he does is shower me with mercy. I'm glad I can come to Father God who showers me with mercy. And I know my children are probably thinking just now, well, I wish you'd come and showered us with mercy when we came to you with our mess-ups and mistakes. But the reality is that Father God doesn't react the way that we react. I remember once in my own life when I was a young boy waiting in my father, my dad coming home from a parents' night one parents' night in particular, and I was praying for mercy because I knew some of what the teacher was going to say about how she was going to stop me playing the football team because I wasn't concentrating, doing the work. And I remember I was praying that between the school and our home that God would fill my father's heart with mercy, even as a young boy. However, it didn't quite happen that way. That was a prayer that God didn't quite answer at the time. But the reality is, there were times as I grew up and had children of my own, there were times when I left a school parents' night, and by the time I get home, God hadn't filled my heart with mercy either. I reacted in ways probably I shouldn't have reacted. You know, but God is not like that. I've reacted, and you've reacted in ways which we've not shown the mercy. However, I've never reacted as much as Kathy at times. I remember the time Kathy just reacted and she grounded both kids for 12 months. And I'm thinking, Kathy, that's a punishment for us, not a punishment for them, the fact that they're grounded. It was overreaction. Thankfully, there was a court of arbitration and appeal and it got changed from the 12 months for the sake of us all. But the reality is we sometimes react and we don't react with the mercy that we ask our Father God to give us. But thank God, no matter how bad we've been, no matter what we've done, Father God comes and showers mercy upon us. Today, maybe your earthly father has failed you. My prayer is that you experience something of the Heavenly Father who never fails you, who showers you with his grace, his peace, his mercy, and his comfort. He's the God of all comfort. God is our merciful Father, and the source of all comfort, Paul writes. I'm blessed to have known I've been brought up in a home where dad coming in, where father coming in, was a sense of comfort. I remember times when my dad would maybe come in off a, what we called a back shift after 10 o'clock at night, and now we'd be in bed. But there was just a sense of it's okay dad's home father god's come father my dad has come home it's okay 
And my heart goes out to those who, when dad comes home, it's a sense of fear which grips them, not a sense of comfort. And my prayer is that you know the loving arms of a father who loves you unconditionally. But you know, there was a sense in which I would lie in my bed and once my dad was in, once father was in, dad was in, I could go to sleep. I didn't need to speak to him or see him. I just heard his voice and knew he was there. And there's a comfort that things were okay in the home. You know, Father God is the same. Just to know that his presence is there. Just to know that Father God is there brings a comfort and a sense that everything is okay. When my dad came into the home, when he came in at night after work, my heart was filled with a sense of comfort that dad was there. It was okay. Except the occasions where my mum would say, wait till your father gets home. I joke. My mum never had to say that to me at all. I was so well behaved. She probably had to say it a few times to my sister, Caroline, but she never had to say it to me. I jest. She maybe did say it at times, but I can't remember my mum ever saying that. And just as a side note, you mums are apply the same with dads. Please don't say that to your kids. Because what you're doing is putting into the kids, this is a bad one. He's a disciplinarian. She's a disciplinarian. She's or he is a bad cop. I'm the good cop. Please, please don't say that. Yes, discipline is needed, but please don't say wait till your dad gets home or your mum gets home. Because what you're saying is there's a fear and a, a sense of discipline coming from the bad cop. Please don't say that. Father God, yes, he disciplines us, but he loves us unconditionally. And whether your experience of father has been good or been bad, there's a sense of comfort that can come from bringing Father God into your life. To bring him in and to sense his presence gives a comfort beyond any natural comfort you can have. Just embrace his presence. Psalm 23 says, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and staff protect and comfort me. There's a joy in knowing Father God's a source of comfort. But there's a flip side to that. Because if God's a God of comfort, it means there's times we're going to need that comfort. Paul's experience here was, I think you need to hear, guys, about my story and what we've been through. And you can hear the Corinthian church says, no, we don't, Paul. We've got enough troubles of our own. But he goes on and he says, you know what? We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. We thought we'd never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. And we all go through stuff. That is certainty in life. You'll go through stuff. When we're way down, he says. But then he says, when we are comforted. You can be assured there's problems in life, but you can be just as assured that there's a comfort that can come from God into your life. You know, as a dad, as a father, I try to protect my children and still do it on a different level from things that I think are harmful to them. But there are some things that I can't control. There's some things that I can't 
do. There's some things that it pains me to see my children go through, but I can't do much about them. And Noah, God is an omnipotent God. As a father God, he sees things that we go through because we live in a fallen world, but also because we make poor decisions and choices at times. And he knows that but just because you're going through tough stuff doesn't mean to say that your Father God doesn't care what's happening. You can look at people in the Bible and they're just reflections of the Father's heart. Like the prodigal's father, just every day looking for that prodigal to come home. For David hurting when Absalom betrayed him and separated himself from him. Jacob suffering from his estrangement from Joseph. Jairus' daughter, hot, Jairus hurting that his daughter was dying. Adam hurting that his son had killed his other son. Or even Moses reflecting the father's heart when he saw two God followers, Israelites, fighting one day. And he says, why are you fighting your brothers? Don't harm or fight with one another. God's heart is pained. But as a parent and a father, I know my children have to go through stuff that they can learn and they can grow in those experiences. And God allows things. Our Father God allows things to come into our world. And it's not to harm us, it's for us to grow and for our well-being. Because God connects us, God comforts us, but he also commissions us as well. Paul said this, we expected to die. Things were so bad. As a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. Quick point there, the difference between an earthly father and our heavenly father. Our earthly father's role is to help children grow to a point where they have no reliance on their father anymore, even though he's always there. Our heavenly father, he helps us grow to a place where we come to a point where we know we totally rely on him. And he is still always there. But the purpose is when we go through stuff is that he can comfort us. And as Paul puts it, the father of compassion and the God of all comfort comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. I, you all go through stuff, and even now you're maybe going through some stuff. Life is difficult, but be assured, Father God is with you to help you, to comfort you, to strengthen you, for you to grow in your relationship with him and you to grow as a person, but also there are people up the road of your life that are going to go through stuff that you're going through in just now. And God's going to use you to minister, to share the comfort and the strength that God has given you. So that you can say, you know what, I've been there and I found a comfort in a father who was there and brought me through. And he helped me to cope when I couldn't cope. And the comfort that I've received, I just want to bring into your life. So please, Paul looked at his condition and he wasn't moaning or complaining. He was trusting that Father God, who's there with him, was going to bring him through 
so that he could impart something of what he received into others. And I'm going to pray, particularly for those who are going through stuff just now, as the band come up, uh, just to lead us in a final song, that God brings a comfort into your life, into your world, so that in the days of head, the comfort that you're receiving from Father God, you're going to give to others. Let me just summarize what we've been saying for the past few minutes. Father's Day lessons, so to speak. If God is our Father, number one, we have a responsibility to treat his other children the way that Father God would want us to treat his children. Number two, whatever your experience of fatherhood, your Father God is full of grace and mercy and peace and love for you. If you're in a difficult place right now, that same Father God wants to bring the comfort that only he can bring to make you feel it's okay. You're going to make it. I'm here with you. And I'm praying that you'll get a sense of his presence and his peace that makes you know that it's okay. And finally, recognize that what you're going through just now is because others are going to go through it and God's going to use you to bring comfort to them. God loves the people up ahead so much that he's preparing you to bring his comfort, joy, peace, and hope into their lives. And I know it's not easy going through stuff, but today, Father God wants to come and invest himself in you. Let's pray. Father, I pray particularly for those who maybe they've not had a great experience of fatherhood, but I pray they'll embrace the fatherhood of God and embrace that unconditional love, that grace, that mercy, that peace that comes from the heart of you. I pray for those who are going through some difficult situations just now. They're in trouble. They are weighed down. They can't see a way out. Like Paul, we can't see a way out. We couldn't see a way out. But Lord, I pray that you'll just come. And Father God, that you'll just minister your peace and your presence with them. That you'll strengthen so that we'll stop relying on ourselves and we'll totally rely on you, the one who never fails. Father God, I pray right now particularly for the pain and the hurt that people are going through and let your healing heart come and bring hope and comfort and peace and joy and love in ever-increasing measures. And Father, I thank you that you're going to bring us through this thing that we're in just now. And I thank you that you've got people up ahead who are going to be imparted and impacted by the comfort you've given us in our situation. And we're going to bring your comfort and hope into them. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.